Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, good morning, good morning. At least it's morning for me. I'm in Los Angeles and it's a beautiful day that's starting to unfold here in ah, the world that I see and I'm grateful and thankful to share it with you. I'm Jennifer Hadley and our topic this week is negative use of faith. Negative use of faith is something I know a lot about. I was an expert. I am an expert. (laughs) I have used my faith negatively so much and so often. It's uh, been amazing, extraordinary. Yes. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. So let's begin with a prayer. I'm so grateful and so thankful to invite you to tune in with me as we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. I place my hand on my heart to remember that it is my intention to be wholeheartedly available to be the love of God, to live as the love of God, to shine the love of God, to know the love of God. So grateful and so thankful to open my heart and mind to the power and the presence of perfect love revealing itself right where I am, right where we are. All that there is is the love of God revealing itself in our hearts and in our minds, and we're grateful and thankful to know that this is so. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully allow our healing to be. Share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful and so thankful to let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so negative use of faith. Well, what does that really mean? And this this goes with the uh, broadcast I did last week, which was about trusting in love, placing our trust in faith and love rather than in the ego. So this is much the same topic, but it's uh, so helpful and so powerful because many of us don't realize at all that we're placing our trust in faith in the ego rather than in spirit. And one of the very most common questions that I get, that any spiritual teacher gets, is how do you tell the difference between the voice of the ego or messages from the ego versus intuition of the spirit? How do you tell the difference? Well, inspiration and intuition is usually that still small voice, and there's no sense of attitude, anger, upset, hurt, worry, doubt, any negativity. It just doesn't occur with the spirit. There's no opinions. There's no, you better do this. You shouldn't do that. Oh, what an idiot. You know, that's never divine guidance. Divine guidance is always consistently that still small voice. And it's also consistent. So it's the same messages over and over and over and over again. 
I love that that still small voice is so clear. And at the same time, it also is so persistent and it is calm. It's calm and sure. That's one of the signs that lets you know that's what it is. How how wonderful. And you begin to recognize it. If you're interested in recognizing it, then you start to hear it and know it, start to feel it. So spirit really speaks to us, through us. It really does. There are confirmational signs that we see in the world sometimes that show up, like someone, three people recommending the same book, things like that. The main thing, though, is to be able to cultivate a willingness to trust and listen to that ego voice. I mean, (laughs) spirit voice. So I'm just looking in my Course of Miracles here. In uh, the section, The Rewards of God, which is section 6 in chapter 4, it says in paragraph 3, You have very little trust in me as yet, but it will increase as you turn more and more often to me instead of to your ego for guidance. The results will convince you increasingly that this choice is the only sane one you can make. No one who learns from experience that one choice brings peace and joy while another brings chaos and disaster needs additional convincing. Learning through rewards is more effective than learning through pain because pain is an ego illusion and can never induce more than temporary effect. The rewards of God, however, are immediately recognized as eternal. Since this recognition is made by you and not the ego, the recognition itself establishes that you and your ego cannot be identical. So, let us go for the rewards of placing our trust and faith in spirit. So, the negative use of faith is when we place our faith in the ego. And... When we place our faith in the world that the eyes can see and the body can touch. And it's so common. So the most, uh, let's call it insistent, persistent pattern of the negative use of faith is worry. That is the most common pattern that there is. Worry is something that many people habitually engage in and they don't seem to have any way to pull themselves out of it. So let me demonstrate a way. Course in Miracles tells us over and over again, it's that little willingness. So if you're feeling worried, you have not chosen correctly. If you're worried, the thoughts that you're thinking are not true. Why continue to think thoughts that are not true and thoughts that upset you? Why would you do that to yourself? 
You wouldn't do it to yourself if you loved yourself. If you had a focus of being kind and generous as a way of being in the world, you wouldn't allow yourself to worry. But worry is habitual. Worry is a sure sign that there's ego identification. Worry is a sure sign that your faith is in the ego. And worry is a sure sign that you think you're in charge, that God has left the building, and now you're on your own. You're separate. So the antidote to all of that is the willingness to join together. So you can join with the Holy Spirit. You can join with Jesus Or you can join with another person, because all is one. So the joining is the antidote to that intense feeling of being on your own and being separate. So, for instance, you could go into prayer. That's why I offer my free daily prayer. Every day I record a new prayer, and you can listen to it. You can click and pray on my website, jenniferhadley.com, on my blog page, my daily shot of spiritual espresso. That's what I call my prayer. And the other thing you could do is, if you're in the United States, you can call my daily prayer number, which all that information is on the prayer page at jenniferhadley.com. So you can also sign up for that email that I send every day with the link to click and pray either online or on the phone. makes it easy for you. So you can just click and pray. You can keep that phone number in your speed dial and you can pray on a regular basis. That interrupts the pattern of ego identification. Now, of course, you don't need me. You can join with anyone, and you can join with the Holy Spirit. But it's that remembering to join. And what I love is that there are so many ways that we can just simply say, just you could say, I'm, I'm more interested in love than I am in worry. I love in Lesson 183, it says, call the name of God, and the angels will instantly surround you and run interference with the ego thoughts so that you can hear the thoughts of God more clearly, so you can perceive the thoughts of God more clearly. So all you have to do is call the name of God. So even just saying, God, help me. Jesus, help me. Angels, help me. Is plenty. Because it's not the words that you say. Words are but symbols of symbols. It's your intention. It's your willingness. That's the thing that makes the difference. That's the thing that shifts the energy. That's why it makes a difference. And all that it requires to shift the energy is your willingness. You know, I'm getting ready to close the registration for my year-long Masterful Living class. It closes at the end of March. So if you're interested in joining me in my year-long class, now's the time. People are joining us now and uh, getting started. We can help you with that if you're interested in joining us for the rest of the year. So this is one of the major breakthroughs that people are having in the class already is they're recognizing how simple it is for them to make a change 
that has a huge effect on the quality of every minute of their day. And they're recognizing that they're not helpless victims required to repeat these patterns for an entire lifetime. However, I must say that one of the key points that I have in my Masterful Living class is that people who prove God to themselves, there's no going back from that. And that's exactly what Jesus tells us here in Chapter 4, Section 6, The Rewards of God, Paragraph 3, where he says, You don't trust me yet. But your trust will increase as you turn to me more and more because the results will convince you. The results will convince you increasingly that the choice for God is the only sane one you can make. No one who learns from experience of watching, feeling, and recognizing that the fear, the worry, the doubt is dissolving and that the strength and the faith and the trust is increasing, and that the results, the tangible results in the world of effects, show you the difference between choosing the ego and choosing the spirit. So I encourage people to have a plan. I know a healed mind doesn't need to plan, but you don't have any attachment to the plan. But a plan where for 30 days, 40 days, for 7 days, whatever you think you can muster, that you're going to say a prayer to be willing and see what difference it makes. So there's that wonderful prayer on page 28. And uh, it's so powerful. Page 28 in the text. It's at the end of uh, the function of the miracle worker section. It's, it's, it's the end of the special principles of miracle workers, where it says, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do, because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. So my recommendation to you is to memorize that and to begin to actively invoke Jesus, the angels, Mother, Father, God, however you work with spirit, and say, teach me about the rewards of God. Teach me to choose the highest and best, most loving choice in each and every moment. If you're truly interested in that, you will become so aware when you're not choosing the loving choice. And you'll become so aware of what the most loving choice is. You will have to actively decide for the ego. So if you're wondering what's ego, what's spirit, if you're really willing and you're using that prayer, I am here only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent him who sent me. If you're willing to make this prayer, you decide for me. It's the prayer. You decide. I'm willing 
to follow divine guidance. And why wouldn't you be willing to follow divine guidance if the experience that you're having right now is not fulfilling? Clearly, if you're, if you're not feeling joyful and harmonious and prosperous and loved and beloved, then you're making ego choices. Because the one who follows spirit's direction is at peace. Absolutely. And that's the prayer on page 90. I know I go back to these things again and again, but that's, that's my practice. You find something that works, you, you work it. So the negative use of faith is when you keep on investing in trying to work your will in the world and to manipulate, to manage, to control. But if you're not at peace, you must have decided wrongly. And you can choose again. There's no need to feel guilty or ashamed or lost or hurt or in despair. If you're feeling any of those things, if you're feeling helpless and hopeless, it's because you've put your faith in the ego. It's not because you put your faith in God. So if you thought you put your faith in God, then you know what it was? You were giving to get something. You were being of service, you were trying to help people, do something to help them, playing God, rather than listening to God. Yeah. See, and I've done so much of that. I'm so familiar with that. I used to volunteer to feel better about myself. I used to give to get all the time. I used to give to get as a form of manipulation and control. And all of that was the negative use of my faith because I was placing my faith in my own opinions and judgments. I was placing my faith in the ego. And that's what worry is. That's what doubt is. Course in Miracles tells us that all doubt is self-doubt. So we can change our mind. And that's what we're all about is placing our faith where it's going to bring the rewards of God, which are peace and joy and prosperity and freedom and wholeness and harmony. There is a plan for our salvation, and we're interested in aligning with it. Yes, we are. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Welcome back. And we're talking about the negative use of faith, placing our trust and faith in the ego or the spirit. If this is something that you're interested in, I am in the midst of a three-part class called Building Trust and Faith. It's part of my year-long Masterful Living curriculum, and my Building Trust and Faith class is 
it's kind of a sequel to my Prayer Power three-part class. So if you're interested in any of these classes, you can check them out at jenniferhadley.com. The information is on the events page there, jenniferhadley.com. And as as I mentioned uh, in the last section, you can also get my daily prayer as a way to support you in having a prayer practice. And you can pray with me uh, daily. The information is on the prayer page at jenniferhadley.com. And that's a free service, of course. So, in chapter (laughs) 7, which is called The Gifts of the Kingdom, which are ours, and section 10, which is entitled The Confusion of Pain and Joy, Jesus makes it clear here. He says in paragraph 5, The Holy Spirit always sides with you and with your strength. Isn't that good to know? As long as you avoid his guidance in any way, you want to be weak. So if we're not following divine guidance, then we want to be weak. We want to suffer. Let's just make it plain. I find that awareness so helpful. Why would I want to be weak? Why would I choose to be weak? Yeah. You know why? This is what I found out for myself. If I give myself permission to think, attack thoughts, to really energize opinions and judgments, then I want to be weak. I do not want to be powerful and strong because I do not wish to attack anyone with my attack thoughts with strength and power. So as long as I'm choosing to identify with the ego and value attack thoughts and the right to attack, then I do not want to be strong because I really don't wish to hurt people intensely. I just like to wound them and attack them when I feel annoyed and frustrated and irritated and afraid and angry. That was a great learning for me, that realization. Oh, that's why I keep choosing weakness. Because I also keep choosing attack. And I'm choosing weakness rather than strength because I do not wish to wound anyone in a truly detrimental way. And the only way that I can prevent myself from doing that is to choose weakness. So, as long as you avoid the Holy Spirit's guidance in any way. You want to be weak. Yet, Jesus tells us, weakness is frightening. What else then can this decision mean except that you want to be fearful? Well, the Holy Spirit never asks for sacrifice, but the ego always does. So the ego is always asking us to sacrifice heaven, happiness, joy, wholeness, freedom, prosperity, harmony, all the gifts of the kingdom. Spirit asks for no such sacrifice. In fact, Spirit is inviting us 24-7 to accept 
and to allow the gifts of the kingdom, which have already been pre-installed. Seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. It says here, when you're confused about this distinction in motivation, it can only be due to projection. Projection is a confusion in motivation. And given this confusion, trust becomes impossible. So confusion in motivation. You're interested in the peace of God, but not in the means to attain it. Therefore, you must not really want it. Because think about it. If you really would like to have some ice cream, and there's no ice cream in your house, if you really would like to have the ice cream, you will either have it delivered or go out and get it. But if you're not really interested in the ice cream, you won't bother. It's just how it is. So if you're really interested in the peace of God, then you're going to be willing to give up your attack thoughts. Gratefully, how wonderful is it to know that there is a way to have the peace of God once again? All I have to do is give up my attack thoughts. My attack thoughts are making me miserable. Why wouldn't I want to give up my attack thoughts? Why wouldn't I want to give up my attack thoughts? Unless I truly value separation. So it says, No one gladly obeys a guide he does not trust. But this does not mean that the guide is untrustworthy. In this case, it always means that the follower is. So if you don't trust the Holy Spirit, you won't follow the Holy Spirit. So, many times, right, especially in the negative use of our faith, we are placing our trust and faith in the ego, which is wholly and completely untrustworthy. Because the ego never brings us to lasting joy, lasting peace, lasting abundance and prosperity, lasting health and wholeness. No. Ever. So why do we consistently place our trust in the ego? I really think it's because we, we just value the right to attack. And why do we value the right to attack? Because we feel separate from God. And we feel separate from God because we reserve the right to attack. We refuse to be truly loving, wholly loving. We don't wish to be wholly loving. We don't feel worthy of love, so why should we love everybody else? We think love is limited, or love is going to cost us all these wrong perceptions. All because we came to value separation. So if you look at how you live your life, you will notice all through the day the ways in which you value separation. To have, give all to all. So do you ever do this? Do you say, oh, there's a lot of people love brownies. I'm not a brownie person, but, oh, there's only two brownies left. I'm not going to share these. I'm going to have these for myself. I don't want to share them. 
But to have, give all to all. To have freedom, to have abundance, to have prosperity. Share, share the good that you have. When you share the good that you have, you're affirming that there's not a limitation on your source. When you make anyone your source, your source of happiness, your source of love, your source of good, your source of comfort, then you're affirming lack and limitation. If you're actively affirming lack and limitation, you're placing your trust and faith in the ego. It's a misplaced faith. You're going to experience more of that. Because whatever you place your faith in is what you're going to experience more of. So it's about being actively willing to shift and change. The Holy Spirit is perfectly worthy. I'm in paragraph 6 now. Is perfectly trustworthy as you are. You are perfectly trustworthy. It's the ego that's not trustworthy. If you place your trust and faith in the ego, you will feel that you are not trustworthy. If you're identified with ego, you will feel that you're not trustworthy. When there's someone in your life that there's an invitation to trust them, don't trust them. Trust God. In them. But if they're identified with the ego, they're not going to be trustworthy. One of the biggest reasons, or one of the most common reasons, let's say, that people cannot forgive is that they place their trust and faith in someone who was identified with the ego and they experienced a betrayal. But the fact is that Somewhere intuitively, they probably knew not to trust the ego, but they wanted it anyway. So they gave their trust in order to get something. Instead of standing in faith and love and true worthiness, they went into wishing and hoping. They went into denial. They didn't want to hear the voice for God saying, Uh, this person is not trustworthy because they are identified with the ego. You may not get what you want here. You're giving to get here. You see, and why it becomes such an issue of forgiveness is people aren't able to forgive themselves because they knew better. They knew better and they knew that they knew better, but they did it anyway. So they're really, actually, truly, angry with themselves because they have betrayed themselves and their intention to trust God and align with God and to choose love. But they decided to choose ego instead and they knew it, but they don't want to look at it. So they don't want to look at how angry they are at themselves. So they project it onto the other person and they say, I can't forgive you for betraying me. But there's only one. So in my life experience, when it seems like someone has betrayed me, because I've had a lot of those experiences, I've come to recognize, wait a minute, who betrayed who? I had warning signs I did not want to recognize. I wanted what I wanted, and I was willing to pretend that this person could give me what I want. 
And so my faith was in the things of this world, forms of this world, making me happy, making me feel safe, validating me. I put my faith and trust in all of that instead of in spirit. And of course, I got a learning experience that wasn't very pleasant. So it's a question of right motivation. So what I've learned is to to really go for inspiration rather than motivation. Because motivation is usually to get something rather than to be something or to share something. So when I'm moving from inspiration, I'm in the flow of love. I'm divinely inspired. There's something for me to share. But when I'm ego-motivated, there's something I'm looking to get. There's an undercurrent of lack and limitation, needing and wanting. So if I place my faith in people who are identified with the ego, it's the misuse of my faith. And sometimes it is absolute, absolutely insane to the ego, to place our trust and faith in God. And just like I was saying, the rewards of God in that section, it says there, if you're willing to test it and keep putting your faith in God, then you will experience it. Now, here's what the, the error that I see many people making. They're, the error is they're placing their faith that God is going to provide things for them. But it doesn't really work that way. It's not, God is not delivery service providing things. We've already been given everything. Seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. So in A Course in Miracles, it says, ask and it is given because it's already been given. What's already been given to us? The fullness of our Christ self. We're already the Son of God. We've forgotten to laugh. We've forgotten to remember who we truly are. The best tool we have to remember who we truly are is our brother and sister. So this is why the most basic use of our faith is all day long to look at our brothers and sisters and see the God in them. To see the God and to receive the blessings of God everywhere. And to look at nature this way as well. The sun. The earth. The water. All these things are the bounty of God's goodness being provided for us. If we have a belief in lack and limitation, if that's where our faith is... You know, because people will say to me, but you don't understand, Jennifer. This happened to me, and that happened to me. And these are the causes of my lack and limitation. I have this illness. This is the cause of my pain and suffering. The invitation that we're receiving through A Course of Miracles is to stop thinking that the cause is in the world. The world is the world of effects. The cause is in our thoughts and beliefs. Right? That's the, the chapter 2, the fear and conflict, and the cause and effect sections right there. 
So in order for us to really have a positive use of faith, we're trusting in love. And love doesn't need anything. Love doesn't want anything. Love already is everything. So if you're ever feeling like, I need to get something, no matter how small, and you're looking to make a deal with someone, I'll give you this. If you give me that, that's codependency. That's making that person your source. If you place your faith in that person being your source, then wouldn't the very best thing that could happen is for you to be let down so that you realize, oh, misuse of faith. Place your faith in God. Place your trust in God. In the development of trust section in the manual for teachers, which I recommend people read every day for a week, it's just a page, two pages, not quite two pages. In there, in paragraph four, it says, It takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. It takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. So if you're feeling that what's happening to you couldn't possibly be helpful, be willing. Be willing to find the value in it. It will be shown to you if you're willing. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and this week we're talking about the negative use of faith, which is worry. Worry is the negative use of our faith, and we're grateful and thankful that we can lay that down. Oh, my goodness, yes. And so I was saying, uh, just as we were going to break last section, in the Manual for Teachers, page 10, Development of Trust. I encourage you to read it again and again because it's it's really placing our trust in God that is the demonstration of our faith. So trust is something that we do in the realm of time and space in order to demonstrate where our faith is and to have the faith of God. So all day long, we are demonstrating our faith by where we place our trust all day long. Now remember, in that that section, uh, that prayer on page 28, it tells us that the one who sent us will guide us, 
will tell us what to say and what to do, including what to eat, where to go, when to exercise, everything. We can literally hand everything over to the Spirit if we're willing to be guided. However, if we already have a clear, well, not clear, but if we have a set belief in what things should be and should not be, if we're trusting in our own opinions and judgments, the very idea of following divine guidance will be terrifying. Of course it will, because following divine guidance will take us away from the ego. But if we think we know what will make us happy, when we can't, we've proven time and time again that we don't know what will make us happy. I love how Jesus tells us that in the workbook lessons. You don't even know what will make you happy. You know, he kind of says, like, just sit down and be still. You don't even know what will make you happy. So stop pretending that you do. The ego sends us on a million wild goose chases. But the ego doesn't know what will make us happy. Or we would have been fulfilled and happy a long time ago. We would not continue searching. But the ego can never make us happy. We can experience a temporary, momentary happiness. Or so it seems. But you know what that temporary, momentary happiness really is? That the ego can provide us with? It's a momentary belief that we have what we want. It's delusional. But it is a momentary belief that we have what we want. For a moment, I'm happy because I'm eating this pizza. For a moment, I'm happy because I'm making love with someone I think I love. I'm momentarily happy because I have a big bowl of popcorn and I get to watch my favorite program. I'm momentarily happy because I got a raise on my job. Whatever it is, momentary happiness. But joy is unconditional. It's not based on any circumstances. We can be in the midst of really intense experiences and feel joy. Because joy comes from being in the flow of love. Joy comes from aligning with our divinity. In the trust and faith section, it, 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 rather, in the development of trust section in the Manual for Teachers, it talks about how when we first really get on this path of being a teacher of God, it's because for one moment we were able to look at our brothers and sisters and not see separation. For one moment we felt and knew the unity of all life. For one moment, we did not feel that our needs were more important or someone else's needs were more important. We felt some the deep, unified connection of the one mind, even for just a brief instant. And then what happens is we start to go through the period of undoing. And so we're undoing the attachment to the illusion. And it says here, in the development of trust section, 
This need not be painful, but it is usually experienced that way. And it will seem as if things are being taken away, but it's rarely understood that what's going on is you're recognizing that these things really have no value to you. Wouldn't the most helpful thing be, if you're interested in developing a deep trust and faith in spirit and listening to the voice of the ego, that the things that distract you from that, the things that you treasure above God, the things that you treasure more than hearing the voice of God or perceiving divine inspiration, wouldn't it be most helpful to you that those distractions and those delusions would be taken away. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And if you think of little kids, like I've been spending a lot of time with my goddaughter and her sister, that there are times when they cling to things that it's time for them to put them down. It's time for them to uh, take a bath. It's time for them to eat a meal. It's time for them to... They don't need diapers anymore. But, you know, it's time for people to change their diapers. These kinds of things, it's time for that. Now we have to get in the car and go somewhere. But they don't want to. So they want to do whatever it is they want to do. And so they, they'll cling to, they don't want to let go of mommy or daddy. Or they don't want to let go of the toy. They don't want to let go of the thing that if they cling to it, it actually will start to get in their way and prevent them from living a life of perfection and beauty and wholeness. So this is one of the, the, the most common things that many people experience is they fear change. They fear change. So the ego and ego identification is all about change, change is bad, or I have to have some change. It's all about change. Spirit really is unchanging. So we're learning to focus on valuing the things that don't change rather than the things that do change. So one of the biggest errors that people make is they try and make their life unchanging. They don't want this to change or that to change. They want to maintain a job even though they don't like the job. They don't hold in their mind that the job that they would like, they could have, or just that they could have a fulfilling job. So they'd rather cling to a job they don't like than open their mind to receive a fulfilling job. Instead of recognizing the signs, oh, this is not the job for you, they're trying to manage and cope and make that job better. Same with relationships. They don't want to have no relationship. They don't trust and have faith that they could have a fulfilling relationship. So they're willing to settle for a relationship that's unfulfilling. And they don't want that unfulfilling relationship to change. And they will cling to it and cling to it and cling to it. So that's a misuse of faith. And... If you notice that it seems like things are being taken away from you, you're in that development of trust section. So remember, it doesn't have to be painful. If you're willing to stand in the place of saying, 
that which is not for my highest good, I'm willing to let it go. Yes, fear will come up and you will learn to place your faith and trust in God where it belongs. And you will be more and more willing to accept a life of great joy and freedom and harmony and prosperity. So for me, in my own personal journey, I really was not enjoying living in Los Angeles anymore. I wanted to get into nature. And so I, I, but I knew that I was still supposed to be in L.A. There was work for me to do there. So I stayed. And then I got the message, okay, now go, but you're going to be traveling for the next few years. And I have been traveling for a few years now. And it's not my favorite thing. As it's very disruptive. But in the course of all that disruption and all that travel, I have learned how to release so many attachments and to accept constant changing as being I can find the safety and the joy and the love and the freedom of God in all of these circumstances. The constant love of God is always there for me. Placing our trust and faith in God is everything. So I'm Jennifer Hadley. I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart with me as we open to the higher Holy Spirit self. I'm here only to be truly helpful and I am grateful and thankful to know this for my brothers and sisters that we are one in God. We open ourselves to a true and lasting faith in God, unchanging love. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining me today. I love you. Have a great week. Next week, I'll be in London. No, I won't be in London. I'll be in Salisbury. But, (laughs) all right, I'll speak with you then. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.